Hello. Hello. Hi. This is Rum Doings 116. Because we are both awful, awful men, uh-huh. we're still using the devil's sperm, otherwise known as Skype. That's right. We're running we're it through our, our ears, mobile phones this time. Which seems to work better than Skype on our computers, which proves that mobile phones are the future of gaming. That's true. Yeah. Fact. Episode 116, sweet 116, podcast at rumdoings.com. If you'd like to uh, wish podcast at rumdoings.com a special happy sweet, sweet 16 party. Sweet 116. Podcast at rumdoings.com. At rumdoings is our Twitter. Indeed. And apparently we've got something on Facebook, but even the person who's maintaining that doesn't bother maintaining that anymore. I should hope not. Yes. It does feel like the wind has gone out of Facebook sales at the moment, or is that just wishful thinking? I think it is wishful thinking, unfortunately. Still, the people I know who use Facebook seem to primarily uh, communicate via it rather than using their mouths. Yes, but you know wretched young people. I'm talking about real people. No, I suppose I know people in their 20s, that's true. Uh, People in their 20s are young now, John. That's the tragedy. That's, That's the truth. People who were born... In oh God. the 90s or in the 20s? That's incorrect. It might be <laughs> mathematically it? correct, but it's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's mm. the topic today, John Walker? Uh, nothing. No. Well, I think the topic should be, do Apple have the right to unsharp corners in perpetuity? I think we can all agree, yes, of course. Yes, so, have you been watching the Paralympics? I've been watching some of it, yes. Mm-hmm. What of it? Uh, uh, m- well, mostly Channel 4 presenters sitting around a desk talking inane crap to each other. Trying very hard to decide what they are and aren't allowed to say and then talking about it. But no, not actually showing any sport. No. Apparently, it's, it would be awful to them if they showed some sport at some point. Maybe they find the sport a bit embarrassing because some of the people are deformed or have missing limbs. So, they probably don't want to show very much of it. That's true. I want to rename the uh, the Paralympics the Even Though Olympics. <laughs> it's, you're, you're going to make Steve Eustace very sad. He said he had a great time at the Paralympics. It's, I'm sure. I'm sure you would have a great time. Yes. It's just the the silent, the tacit Even Though in all commentary. Yes, is, is just it's so tiresome. Even though he's got you know no yeah. arms or legs he's still done very well considering well done there's so much head patting going on that i'm surprised there isn't an infestation of lice across the media <laughs> it is strange isn't it i mean it's phenomenal watching people with with really astonishingly significant um uh physical impairments performing mm. in sports in the most extraordinary way i have an enormous amount of respect for it it's absolutely brilliant but it's the commentary the patronizing well even though patronizing commentary is just so galling. Do you know what would have been very good? Just that? having the equivalent of the BBC channels without any commentary. Just just watch them. Okay, so you don't understand the uh, scoring system. Who cares? The one thing I want is, all I want is just an explanation of what the codes mean. There is, it's online. It's yeah, I know, but I just want Channel 4 to say, this is the T51 race. Well, that's great, but obviously no one has any idea what that is so why don't you just say what it is it's on they their web- have a robot computer thing that's meant to be describing them but they never use it yeah well the problem is also i mean my brother gets very cross about this because there aren't enough 
people, there aren't enough athletes in certain groups, they get arbitrarily thrown in with certain other groups. And the example, which means that you can never quite trust what you're watching. And the example he gave was in the swimming, where there was the British woman with dwarfism competing against paraplegics who didn't have any arms or legs or, you know, a combination of those. And the well, okay, she's short and her limbs are stumpy, but she does get to dive in. And very importantly, when she turns around at the other side of the pool, she gets to push off again. Whereas mm-hmm. there are people, she's competing against people who don't have any legs or don't have any arms who can't do that. So it's in a completely different category. But because there aren't enough people with dwarfism who are athletic enough, there aren't enough people who would fit into what should be her category. So she's thrown in with people who don't have limbs. And therefore, of course, she wins every time. And I don't think that's fair to the other athletes. It's certainly true. I mean, they do their best, don't they? And I saw one swimming race where it was categorised by you have to either have poor use of all four limbs or have at least one limb completely Mm. missing. And so they seem to be trying to. But yes, obviously, when they haven't got eight people with a similar condition, they do their best competition. Well, it kind of highlights that the competition isn't taken nearly seriously enough. Mm. Um and is also problematic. It was very revealing seeing which countries just didn't bother sending anyone mm. during the opening ceremony. Well, you must remember that in many countries, especially African countries, uh, being disabled is beyond even a stigma and you tend to get killed or banished because of it. So we must, we must remember the true state of it. But it's, it, it's, it's a problem because it means that their best that they're trying isn't really good enough. Because, to be honest, for an athletic event to work, you have to trust that anybody there who's on top form has the chance to win. And you can't, because you know the person who doesn't have any legs or doesn't have any arms is not going to win when they're competing against a small person who has legs and arms that function perfectly well. Okay, I think, uh, but I, from what I've seen, that's the exception rather than the rule. It does seem that the categorising seems to work pretty well for most cases. I mean, Pistorius got very upset because apparently the other guy had the wrong sort of clip-on legs and things like that. So, Well, this is true. It's all very... He did get upset. And that bicycling man got very cross with his water bottle. Yeah. Well, uh, it seems that the Paralympians tend to be... You, can't, you cannot make that judgment based on two people having... Well, there are three or four of them now. I think they're all a lot more whiny and therefore a lot more... <laughs> and, uh, and a lot more whingy and therefore they're a lot more like true sportsmen. <laughs> two of them are. Well, it seems a bit unfair to... to it, it's gotten to four the now. There was brush. a cycling person, there's a swimming person, there was Pistorius and there was one other who my brother mentioned who I admit I haven't seen. So, no, it's fair enough. I mean, just because they're disabled, John, doesn't mean they're nice people. No, I'm aware of this. But I'm saying just because three or four people do something naughty doesn't mean that hundreds and hundreds of people competing are the same. They're all vile and wretched and deserve to have been gassed with me in the concentration camp. Can we just agree on that? Okay, of course. Let's just agree on that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, One of the best things I've seen was, I don't know, at the opening ceremony, there was a man... A dancer who didn't have any legs, who kind of danced on his hands and on his arms. Uh huh. And I thought that was a very interesting thing to see and very um, aesthetically pleasing. Be- and I liked it because it was aesthetically pleasing on its own merit. It wasn't, ooh, he's doing a nice dance even though he doesn't have any legs. It was, right. in its own right, this is something that somebody who has legs can't perform and can't produce an effect with because you know their legs would be in the way and he was able to do things that people without legs 
simply couldn't simply with oh, sorry which I simply couldn't do, and I quite like that. I suppose the people who play what's that game with people who don't have any legs and they, there's a ball game, isn't there, where they're not in wheelchairs. They drag, they drag themselves around. I haven't seen that yet, and I'd like to. Crab football, it's called. Is it? Did you not play that at school where you had to go on all fours? and? No, well, there aren't fours. They're only at hands. Indeed. But it's a kind of, you know, two mm. and a halves. Yes. Did you watch um, the, uh, the the booing yesterday? I did. I, was, I enjoyed the booing. Did you enjoy his subtly changing reaction to it as he realised the intensity and intent of it? I don't know. I think a lot of that was wishful thinking. I just thought he laughed like a maniac the entire way through. And he thought, oh, you flid-loving paupers. I am a multi-millionaire. <laughs> the, the other guy with him seemed to enjoy it, though. He seemed to think it was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Well, they were very careful, the crowd, to start cheering when the medalists were announced, of course. Well, yeah, but that, I don't think they were very careful to do that. I just think they're programmed to do that. Of course you cheer when people get given their medals. No, but I'm saying there was very there was no ambiguity about for whom the booing was. There wasn't a kind of slurring yeah. in between the two. There was a, a an abrupt about turn. Very interesting. I wonder how much of... Because obviously Cameron's not going to shuffle him out. Has he announced his shuffle yet? He's doing it. He's shuffling at the moment. I mean, the awful Baroness Varsi is out, I believe. Oh. And Kenneth Clark, Kenneth Clark... Kenneth Clark's been moved. Yes, to somewhere where his naughty liberalism is less effective. Less bothersome to the backbenchers. Yes. Um, and then various uh, creeps and Nazis will be brought in, I imagine. Warsi and Welsh Secretary Cheryl Gillan are also being replaced. Good. That'll make a difference. Um, International Development Secretary Andrew Mitchell is the new Chief Whip. Hmm, wonderful. Education Secretary Michael Gove and Work and Pensions Secretary Ian Duncan Smith will stay in their jobs. Well, apparently Ian Duncan Smith was going to be shuffled and he said, no, thank you. And so he isn't. It's odd because Ian Duncan Smith, is, for all his uh, many, many, many failings, has always been quite extraordinarily pro-disabled people. Yes. He seems to have abandoned that entirely in his new position. Well, I think one does what one's told, doesn't one? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it was interesting because, of course, all, although um, Osborne was booed, he can't just say, oh, well, any politician would be booed because, of course, um, Tessa Gile, Boris Johnson and even Gordon Brown had presented medals and were cheered. <laughs> the fact that Tessa Gile got cheered is, is just proof of how hated George yes. Osborne is. Yeah, he's the the problem for him is that even if he were doing very well and doing good work, he is an unlikable character in a very monkey social sense. You know, he's not a monkey whom the other monkeys wouldn't throw feces at. He's he's a, he's a bad man, Nick. He's a very bad bad man. But it doesn't matter if he's a bad man. That's the point. If he were a wonderfully good man, his very persona is such that any monkey would throw poo at him. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It is true. I mean, the fact that people didn't boo at other rich Tories, surely. Yeah, but Boris Johnson, for example, I mean, mm-hmm. he could go around buggering herons. Yes. But people would say, oh, Boris. It's, no, Boris. Exactly. He's, he's got that funny face, the, the cheeky way he speaks, and the floppy hair, and therefore he will get away with it in a way that George Osborne never would, even if he were Jesus. Um, I, I've just been distracted by something on the BBC News website, mm-hmm. and um, I'd like you to say what it would. How would you describe distinguishing physical features of Dexter, my cat? Um, 
quite ugly. Black. <laughs> How dare you? Black and white, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, does he have a snaggle tooth? Probably not. Medium size, monkey. What would you? There's one very distinguishing feature about his face. It's lopsided because of its patch stroke. No, his it's stripe. He's got a stripe, doesn't he? He's got he's got patches over both eyes. No, he has yeah. a tiny little uh, soul patch on, on, under his chin. Yes, he's got that little the little beard thing. Yes, there's a story on the BBC News website titled "Will I Live Longer Than My Cat?" with a picture of what looks like a dead black and white cat with a tiny soul patch on it on its chin. It may as well be they've murdered my cat. Well, have they? Well, it says under the caption is "This is the author's cat. The cat is not dead." So it does look like it's been hit by a car, though. <laughs> right. How is Dexter? As he, as he muses about his mortality, statistician Professor David Spiegelhalter mm. wonders if he is destined to live longer than his 20-year-old cat. Well, yes, he is. How old? Unless he's 95. Exactly. Well, the fact that his cat's outlived its own life by about a third already. Mm. Um, uh, yes, he will He will outlive it. And, and But fortunately, he's, he's 59. Mm-hmm. So, it seems, unless his cat's going to break world records and he's yes. going to, or, or he's going to die exceptionally young. Yes. yes he, will, yeah. uh, he will outlive his cat. So, Unfortunately, however, I won't because Dexter is, of course, immortal. That's right. Well, unless he's been killed. And no, this, is a, this is a BBC ruse. That's actually <laughs> a picture of a stuffed Dexter. <laughs> that would be horrendous. How is Dexter? Is he still awful? I think, as you say, talking about his name, he's running up the stairs behind me. Um, no, he's not awful at all. He's he's getting lovelier and lovelier. In fact, he's uh, he actually sat on my my lap the other day, which is something he's never done in in his five years. So, is the lovely uh, graph asymptotic, or, or or is it linear? I mean, will he eventually reach um, infinite loveliness? I'm hoping that, and rather than it being on some sort of bell curve, and his later life will just become the nastiest, <laughs> crotchetiest creature of all time. Yes. No, but he's he's doing all sorts. Of, I think not having four people who want to pay attention to him all the time really helps. So now mm. he's a bit more interested in cuddles and, and, and climbing on me. And he also likes to go out the lounge window, which mm. means climbing through Laura's uh, windowsill flower pot, flower right. box, and destroying everything in it every day, which is brilliant. How's the running going? It's not going so well. We haven't been for a couple of weeks, unfortunately. We've been doing other exercise instead. Uh, you've screwed it up. Running, you... Which we really, really need to get back to. Well, you won't because you backslid. Well, I'm keen to. I think Laura's being a bit naughty on this. It's irrelevant if you're keen to. If you were keen to, you would do it. No, well, we're doing it together, and I don't think I would. I don't. I think I would give up if I ran on my own. I think I would go. Oh, I'm tired now, and stop halfway through. You have given up when you're running together. Anything is an excuse to give up, and you've just given up. The excuse you've used is Laura doesn't want to, therefore I'm not doing it. It's so easy to find an excuse. You've got to almost pretend that you're on some sort of conveyor belt and you don't want to go out and you're just being pulled out and that's it. There is no excuse. Uh, So you've got to allow your body and your mind to battle against it but feel there are forces of destiny putting on your shoes and pushing you out and that's the way you have to deal with it, I'm afraid. If you don't, then you will allow any excuse to get you. And I know this because I could so easily allow myself any excuses. We're, We're both imaginative enough to make up a different excuse for every day of the year. In fact, we know we've been swimming, we've been playing badminton, and we we're doing other stuff. So you know, it's, mm. not the end. it's not too disastrous. I think it's a disaster. Is it? Yeah, I think, as I said, you just need to make it something that happens. It needs to be existential. Oh, I seem to be going running now. Oh, I prefer <laughs> not to, but I guess there's nothing I can do about it. And really, it sounds funny, but that's actually what you have to do. 
You know, there is no excuse. There is no reason about it. It's just something that happens. It's like saying, if I hold my breath for two minutes, eventually I will start to breathe again or I'll faint. There's no, no option. So make it so you're going to be running this evening, aren't you? Apparently. Yep. I mean, I know you, mm-hmm. don't, you certainly don't want to, and you don't have time to, and you've got a crick in your neck, and you want to watch this television program, and you've got a game to play, and you've got to make dinner, and you feel a little cold coming on, and the weather's not the best way you'd want it to be, and your shoe feels a bit weird, but you're going running this evening. Bad luck. Laura is going to be cross because she's out this evening with a friend, so mm. she'll be angry. I know. There's another reason. And Laura's out. I've got to add it to the list of reasons. And you have cancer. <laughs> You've got foot cancer. It's bad luck you're going running. Like- so this is interesting. I think what happens is Skype calls degrade as they go along. Um, as we began the podcast, there was no problems with uh, talking over each other. But now at this point, uh, 20 minutes in, it's um, I'm cutting you off when, you, when I talk over you. Sounds fine to me. That's, it's weird that it sounds fine to you and never to me because we're using completely different technology every time. Maybe it's my brain. Maybe it's my ears. Maybe your brain keeps cutting me off after twenty minutes. Who <laughs> can blame it? Now, did we ever? Um, did we ever go through the most thorough carpet cleaning ever seen, or its free leaflet I, I received? No, but but I think we need that because my carpets are a bit dirty. Okay, well, don't court any carpet cleaning company until you've listened to this twenty-four hour free phone recorded message. That's a bit long to listen to, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> what you have to phone someone to get the advert. You have to, for 24 hours, you have to listen to their advert. Well, that's also a very novel thing. I've never had a leaflet telling me to phone a robot in order to hear the rest of the advert. Well, there's a lot of information on here. This is from Roy and Sandra Partridge Owners. Partridge. Partridge Owners, apparently. There's no punctuation in this. Mr. and Mrs. Partridge Owner. (laughs) Indeed. Mm -hmm. Um, My guarantee to you, they say, that's right. You'll receive the most thorough cleaning ever. Not your carpets. Right. Well, they tend to use nitric acid, so the carpet gets very clean. Our carpet cleaning is the best and most thorough you could ever have. If you don't agree, we won't accept your payment. <laughs> we won't accept. <laughs> if, if after we leave your home, you are in any way dissatisfied, we will return to reclean for free. And if you won't accept the payment. Right. Okay. If you're still, not you are, but if you're still... So if the still belonging to you is not happy, we will refund every penny. Oh, so in other words, you have a water still in your house. Mm -hmm. And if that Mm -hmm. still isn't happy, because it's an emotionally capable still, then every penny will be refunded. Is that every penny that you haven't paid because they refuse to take the payment? (laughs) I assume so. Yes. Don't gamble when choosing a carpet cleaning company! Exclamation. Not Mm. all carpet cleaners are the same! Exclamation. No. I want to elaborate on that for you. Have you ever had... Nick, have you ever had the feeling that the company doesn't care about your busy schedule? No. Oh. Or that your furnishings aren't being cleaned thoroughly and safely? Are we talking about carpets or furnishings? Well, it's not none of your business. It's a carpet cleaning (laughs) company, but it's your furnishings now. Okay. There's been a worrying increase in scope. Well, let's assume that I were deeply worried about the respect paid to my furnishings. What would I think then? Or... That mm-hmm. your that your being your beingness your 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 existence your quiddity overcharged so your I guess that like maybe your soul is becoming too powerful <laughs> I'm not sure yeah your, your overcharged soul it it sort of gained too many electrons 
for, and that's for unsatisfactory work, or your cleaning takes days to dry. Right. <laughs> I am called out weekly to homes to rectify problems left by other cleaners. Most carpet cleaners in my industry are not properly trained or educated. They are not trained to safely clean fibres or textiles that they are asked to clean. Poor training and uneducated cleaners can lead to disaster in your home. I assume she's got a BSc in carpet cleaning. I don't know whether this is Roy or Sandra who's talking now. It's not made clear. I need to know who has what qualification. These unethical cleaners do unethical. not know how to thoroughly remove the soil that has settled down in your carpet fibres, nor do they know how to properly remove spots. They use harsh chemicals that do damage to your carpet fibres. You, the homeowner, also have to be careful whom you invite into your home. That's bizarre. I know. They suddenly become massively hypercorrect after not knowing how to spell you are. They so the best thing is, use... it's you, the homeowner, comma, also have to be careful whom you invite into your home. <laughs> it's the strangest combination of grammar and no grammar. Yeah. Our company and all technicians are certified by the IICRC, that's the Institute of Inspection, Cleaning and Restoration Certification, Ooh. which is the highest qualification in the cleaning of carpets and textiles. Click on their website for details. Okay. <laughs> that's one sentence. <laughs> Do they give you the uh, URL? Uh, yes, www.iicrc.org. iicrc.org. Let's go there, shall we? Um, okay. So, www.iicrc.org. Oh, 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 yep, here we go. Oh, it's quite a slow site, it seems. Oh, there it comes. Gosh, and- it looks very professional. Yes. Oh, it's scrolling. There are all sorts of... Everybody must visit. Oh, and there are standards. There's BSRIICRC S100 210500. Oh, my goodness. Look at the bottom. This is very complicated, actually. I would never have known that carpet cleaning went down such a deep well. Exactly. Well, listen to this. The world's most, the world's, no apostrophe, most powerful carpet cleaning system. We use a £25,000 truck mounted cleaning unit to clean carpets and upholstery. The unit is the latest in carpet cleaning technology. The unit carries its own water supply and the dirty wastewater is vacuumed back into the waste tank on the vehicle. All noisy equipment remains outside. Only our vacuum slash solution hoses and cleaning tools enter your home slash premises. Mm-hmm. The unit is powered by a 21 HP petrol engine. Mm-hmm. Compare that to a, an electric portable, quote, professional machine, mm-hmm. which only produces three quarters horsepower. And you start to see that there is no comparison in performance. Our machine gets carpets and upholstery much cleaner and drier than any other portable cleaner can ever hope to achieve. The results are spectacular and are achieved quickly with the minimum of disruption to our clients. Some people think, why bother with all the expense? Well, we decided in our business that we were going to give the absolute best, the best clean the best drying times and the best customer service to do that we have the best machinery to go with our professional service to date we are one of only a few companies running this state-of-the-art machines in england and with currently over 75 percent of our work being repeat and referral we think our clients are glad we did invest in our truck mount okay that's very boring but i read it for a reason because mm-hmm. we now turn to the back of the page mm-hmm. um Six, sorry, nine, nine reasons why you should choose aqua wave cleaning services i would like to tell you mm-hmm. that that is the very first time they have mentioned their company name. That's true, actually. I suddenly realised, I thought it was just called Sandra and John Owner. <laughs> and the whole front page at no point. It has a, a URL, bristolcarpetcleaning.com, uh-huh. but that seems to have nothing to do with aqua wave cleaning services. 
gosh, uh, and with all the grammar and that, it, it is worrying because you think, where's, and this is, this brings up a serious point. You know, people who think that grammar is irrelevant and, you know, just don't bother about it. And as long as you get your point across, for me, this is flagging, what is their actual attention to detail? Why should I trust them to be punctilious about my carpets when their promotional material is so mm-hmm. poor and they haven't bothered with attention to detail to that degree? And it does genuinely bring up question marks in my mind that a more properly produced pamphlet wouldn't. Nine reasons why you should choose AquaWave cleaning services. Number one, fixed appointment times. We turn up when we say we will, comma. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be more than 35 minutes late, we will phone ahead to let you know. So in other words, the, <laughs> the, 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 the sentence is immediately subterfuged by the lie. <laughs> I love that. It's beautiful. Number two, honest pricing. We promise no high-pressure sales gimmicks. We will let you know the full cost before we carry out the work. You will never be presented with unexpected extras. So that's good. Three, certified company. My company is an IRCRC certified firm. This is not a Mickey Mouse trade association like some. (laughs) You can only join this association by diligent study and the successful completion of rigorous exams. Well, there are rigorous exams. I'm on the IICRC site. John, do you want to become an... AMRT, an ASD, a CCT, an RRT, a CTI, a CRT, a CMT, a CDS, an SRT, an FCT, an HST, an HCT, an ISSI, an LCT, or an MSI. Hmm? More than anything in the world, all of them. I think you want to become an OCT, which is okay. an odour control technician. Oh, yes. But Especially uh, with my wife. <laughs> do you know what I want to become? What's that? I want to become a, a, a CDS, a commercial drying specialist. Ooh, we could work together in that respect. Yes, but definitely what we cannot be, I'm afraid, because we'll never actually be good enough, is a uh, WRT slash ASD. That's a water damage restoration technician slash applied structural drying. That's what I aspire to, but realistically, I know that's never for me. No, I mean, that really is... uh, at the stratosphere of, of cleaning expertise. But there you go. Well, number six, Nick, healthier cleaning. Our uh, truck-mounted cleaning unit very happy about heat at the cleaning heads. Yes. This means we clean and sanitise at the same time, ensuring yours and your family's good health. They're very, very proud of their truck mount. But, but they can ensure our good health. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear, I have osteoporosis. Don't worry, once we run through with our track-mounted cleaning head, you'll be healthy. I like the pun unintended here. Number seven, we don't guess prices, no wishy-washy estimates. I think that's cheating, because I think that's implied in number three, isn't it? Well, number three was that there weren't a Mickey Mouse association. No, number two, then. it It was implied elsewhere. Yeah, where they said they're not going to charge you things you don't expect to be charged. So Number eight, if you have ever been treated badly by by other service companies before, brackets, sending untrained personnel, poor or shoddy work, bad timekeeping, rude customer service and overcharging, then try us. I can categorically say that you will be thrilled that you did. But that's an if statement. All the others are, are not, aren't they? That's, again, an odd statement. Why don't they say, unlike other companies, we yes. are all blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Number nine, finally, don't take our word for it. Read what our clients are saying about us on here and on netmums.co.uk. Oh. Um, here's what some of our clients have been saying about us. <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets really special. Now it's in a sort of handwriting font. Yeah, not comic sans. So pleased I chose you, close quote mark. 
by the very informative website and overall professional standard of the company, comma, cleaning lived up to expectations, full stop, I will be using you again in the future and have already recommended you, close quote marks. <laughs> yes. And then it says, Amanda, capitalised, Emerson, uncapitalised, Green, uncapitalised, Bristol, capitalised, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> That's what one of the clients said about you. They said it. They sort of started saying it just before they actually started saying it, mm-hmm. apparently. And then everything they said was gibberish. Here's another one. Excellent service all round. At last, a company I would trust in future and certainly use again. No close quote mark. Helen Foot dot what Bristol. <laughs> her last name is apparently F O T T full stop W O T. Helen Foot dot what? Foot point what? I like to think of it. Yeah, I'm Helen Foot point what? Bristol's not capitalised this time. Here's the next one. No quote marks at all in this one. Very professional and prompt, P-R-O-M-T, service. <laughs> Removed stains using a blower. <laughs> the carpet dried, D-R-Y-E-D, in one ur. Oh, good. That was Mrs. Marvin C. Stanley, comma company. <laughs> Mud dot Carnegie Road, Clifton. Oh, right. <laughs> I imagine that's meant to say company managing director but the grammar is all there's no spaces between any of the commas and full stops so read it the way it says it uh mrs i I love to know how you pronounce this it's like it's one of those things where a dad wants to give their daughter his name marvin it's marvin then c-i-n-n-e marvin scene mrs marvin scene stanley comma company mud dot carnegie road clifton and then this one doesn't not doesn't have quote marks or even a capital letter at the beginning. Informative on time overall. <laughs> Informative on time overall. Very good service and loads of helpful advice on my tiled floor. Carpets look great. Full stop. Royston Griffley lawyer slash alderman slash jup. A gypsy. <laughs> JP oh. Bishopsworth Bristol and then I E Lord Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I he's basically a Lord Mayor. <laughs> I.e. Lord Mayor. Yeah. Then the, suddenly it changes tack. Patio slash dri- patio driveway slash decking cleaning. Oh. You would have paid a lot of money to have your driveway and patio laid. So we keep it in tip-top condition with our 3,000 PSI cleaning system that will get rid of mould and grim. <laughs> Does it get rid of grim as well? Mould and grim, comma. Protect your investment. Benefits are only fresh water used, comma, capital N, no damage to plants and lawns, limit slipping hazards... Restore original look, completely eco-friendly with a capital E on eco, and then get ready for spring, comma. (laughs) And then in bold, a freshly clean driveway or patio that can make a vast improvement to the appearance of your property and will also aid the process of selling or letting. Fair enough. But there's one thing that's missing from all this I haven't told you. Mm -hmm. On the front page it says, call our office on and then a number to arrange a free inspection. Mm -hmm. £10 off voucher over leaf. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> no £10 off voucher over leaf. Oh, the amateurishness of the British shed-based business always astounds me. It's absolutely spectacular. It doesn't. They've forgotten to put their company logo anywhere. Hmm. They haven't put their company name at any point on the entire front page. And they've promised a £10 off voucher that they don't have. Yes. Although there is a free bottle of eco-friendly stain remover, all clients of the book with us will receive a free bottle of the best stain remover on the market. Value £9.50. Water. <laughs> so hmm. there you go. So if anyone wants to book them, it's 0800 634 8607. If you so they, they bother getting an 0800 number. Free phone. I know. Yeah. So let's... We, I, I always take the temperature. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I've asked these before, but let's see where you are now. Next year, President Obama or President Romney? Obama, I'm pleased to say. Really? I would have said I would have said not Obama before I knew who the opponent was six months ago. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, I I can't believe I think that Romney is, is is so abysmal that while the radicals will go are going to make a lot of annoying noise, I really think Obama is going to win now. Now you posted a tweet and an article about how basically the Republicans just need to admit that they're evil and in, and revel in it. Yes, absolutely. They need to just acknowledge that they're baddies. I don't want to say yeah. evil. Oh, they're evil. There's a lot of connotations there, but I do want to just say that they're the baddies, and I think it would make a lot more sense if they would just embrace that yeah. and play their role more entirely, more did, wholly. How did Republicans online respond to that suggestion to you? Well, what's happened is a peculiarly organised, but very, very small... Oh, by the way, uh, Andrew Lansley's been bump- dumped from health. Good. Of course. Um, Hooray! Uh, Hooray! Um, so, uh, a very peculiarly low-key but organised campaign of uh, Republicans tweeting me, just very kind of tepidly saying that I'm wrong and trying to make a joke. Like what? But uh, things like, just saying things like, if you think that uh, uh, that that uh, Clint Eastwood was the was the worst thing about it, then that you don't have much to say, do you? Or which is kind of self-defeating in a weird way. It's just weird statements. And then if you go and look at their Twitter feeds, they're just saying that to, I feel, quite um, quite uh, promoted, really, because they, they're picking like celebrities and media outlets to campaign against, and me, which is quite nice. Are, are these a um, bunch of gra- uh, astroturfing responders? It seems to be, but they do seem to, uh, some of them do seem to actually be real people. They have consistent kind of actual real Twitter feeds where they're having real conversations and chatting with people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's it's very strange. They're, but they're just blanket tweeting this very similar tweets. But not the same tweet. Not that being lazy enough just to cut and paste. But saying very similar tweets to just all sorts of people who've dissented. But they can't be... I'm, I didn't use any hashtags. I didn't have any identifying features. And I'm not especially... You know, I don't have an especially large following on Twitter. So I don't really understand how they're discovering me. It can only be that somewhere there's a resource. People saying, oh, you must go and attack these people now. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but... Uh, what was your impression of the Clint Eastwood thing? Oh, it was just, like I said, it was a sad old man losing an argument to an empty chair. But he was also, I mean, he clearly, he's clearly going senile. I mean, that wasn't just a bit confused. He was, his inability to perform properly was quite sad to watch. I've got, my, my landline rang downstairs. We're about to do an interesting experiment if someone tries to call my mobile phone, what it will do if I'm using a Skype call. Hmm. Well, they won't because... That was a robocaller trying to sell you um, some sort of patio. I don't get robocallers in this house. The only people I get are BT. All right. Asking you to do what? Um, the, uh, the, uh, a couple of days ago, a BT man phoned and said, um, I've got some good news for you. Uh, after some recent work on the exchange in your area, you're now eligible to receive superfast broadband. Hooray. And I said to him, do you think we could uh, just cut the BS because I know that you're lying because I've been eligible for a superfast broadband since I moved into this house a year ago? And I'm very confused. Oh, dear. <laughs> Did they say goodbye at that point? No, he didn't. I, st- I still had to say the goodbye at that point, uh, which is very strange. So, anyway, about if Romney could go back in time, would he cancel mm-hmm. the Eastwood performance? I don't know. It's been What's been really interesting is the kind of indestructible nature of the Republicans, mm. which is this... Um, 
it doesn't matter how disastrous something is. If something is a disaster, it's almost useful to them because then they can say, ah, look at the big reaction it's having. It's just proof that the media is... Liberal media. Liberal media. Uh, we're going to have to fight against them. Rally your troops. Come on, we have to fight harder now because we all know it was brilliant and these people are lying about it not being brilliant. So there's, they're absolutely impenetrable and, and seem to just... They're like some sort of... Um, nuclear superhero villain who just absorbs stupidity and becomes more powerful all the time yeah yeah you're right but but that's what drives me crazy about this now i'm not i'm not a i'm british which means i don't have to be a republican or a democrat Mm -hmm. but also i i would not sit i couldn't sit comfortably with the with the democrats because they're a center-right party who don't who who endorse very few uh uh, left-wing or socialist ideals that i would like to see in a political party and are also so def- many of them are enthusiastic investors or were enthusiastic investors in Bain Capital. So you know it's very, very incestuous. Absolutely, and so they're not. It's not like I think uh, the Republicans are bad and therefore the Democrats are the answer. I don't think any any such thing. I think the lesser of two evils is, is yes. pretty much what you have to pick in politics. Yes. But but I just don't understand that one party is just actively and deliberately stupid and deceptive. And the other party is just benign and mediocre mm. in how they go. And I'm not sorry, behind the scenes, I'm sure they're both just as despicable. But yes. in terms of their outward presentation, I, I just don't I don't understand how that is OK with people. How how if that's my goodies and baddies. Point, well, one is yes, outwardly because about the rednecks find the Republican posturing sort of virile. It's like the um, equiv- the party equivalent of a big, dirty truck. So you think it's like a big touch-a-truck competition? Hmm. I think so. And the more they are like that, the more exciting certain male voters in particular find it. How a woman could bring herself to vote for the Republicans is beyond me. But there you are. Well, you know, this is the same, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Why do poor people vote for the Republicans? That, why, why is that the case? Why well, do the poorest people vote for the party that hates them and, and hurts them the most? I guess because poor people are stupid. Exactly, and it has to just be because of poor education. Mm. And with poor education, it's it's, demo- it's been shown again and again and again. Lower IQs, lower education levels for uh, a vote Republican. Mm. Somebody so, got very upset with you for saying that. Well, people don't. Or someone got upset that I was using IQ as a measure. I think that was about the limit of there. Because I, I agree, IQ is a, IQ is a nonsense, certainly. But at least it shows a trend. Mm. And and I think that's I think that's. And that's it just drives me, it just exasperates me there's one there's one party who's like guru look at us we're sitting in our chair stroking our white cat while feeding uh, poor people into our sh- tank of sharks yes. and everyone's like well you're a viable political party i guess i'll vote for you yes exactly and uh, it, it's kind of the, that it should be on a knife edge it's just so ridiculous <laughs> yes although they're saying that um i heard a, an interesting thing about if they cannot figure out a way to win over the latino or the hispanic vote mm. Um, they are going to be in a lot of trouble because Hispanics are now making up an ex- something like 12% of America and it will soon be 20%. And at the moment, despite the fact that, I think, was it Reagan who said that Hispanics are um, Republicans who don't know they're Republicans yet or something like mm. that? Yeah. And this... Um, th- yeah, so they need to figure out a way to get their vote because otherwise, once they're a fifth of the population of the of the United States and they're voting Democrat, well, the Republicans will suddenly become un- un- an unwinnable party and you'll have a one-party system in America. I don't think so because all they'll have to do is m- concoct in a lab a Latino equivalent of Obama. You know, Jimmy Smith will stand. <laughs> 
Do we know Jimmy Smith's politics? Doesn't matter. He'll just be he'll he'll <laughs> he'll be forced to stand for the Republican. No, I mean, but in all seriousness, I think that's how they'll do it. They'll get a telegenic Latino to stand for president, and that'll sort that one out. That's interesting. What about just um, painting Kelsey Grammer's face slightly darker? That would work, I think. Yes, and then sort of uh, a bit of Latino twang in his uh, otherwise pretentious accent. Have him wear a big hat and hold a taco. Yes, and, you know, nibble on some frijitas. Exactly. I, I was surprised to see that, to be honest, because I didn't know Kelsey Grammer's politics, and I had, of course, just assumed he was the usual um, banal, centre-left, selfish New Yorker, but apparently not. No, he's, uh, he's extremely right-wing, and he was part of that... It was interesting. I remember seeing the trailers a couple of years ago for this new right-wing TV channel that was going to be... It looked like it was going to be Fox News, the, the TV channel. Mm. Um, and I assumed that it wouldn't fail. I assumed that people would get behind it because 50% of the American population are Republicans. Mm. I assumed that people would get behind it and, and support it, but it was an absolute hilar- hilarious flop. It didn't last a year. Um, and if you go to the website, you can see the standard of the programs that they were trying to put out. Well, what were they? Because I thought using Kelsey Grammer might have been wrong-headed. because the point about the stupid right is, again, they like simple, virile masculinity. And Kelsey Grammer is too problematized for that. He's a little bit too... He's got a bit too much book learning in him, don't you think? <laughs> I like that the... Uh... Uh, just going to their website now, it's it's, it's all broken. They, they, for some reason, it's still running, but many of the images of some server somewhere is not linked correctly anymore. But there's a nice big advert called, called Mature Dating UK, I'm seeing, mm-hmm. with a woman showing most of her boobies on the mm-hmm. right network. The right network. So, so okay, so their, their shows include things like Grace Before Meals, which is actually something that I checked into this. It's existed long before the network started and still continues now on a website, which is a uh, Latino, of uh, Hispanic... Um, I never know the right word. She's such a racist. Hispanic, because Latino means only men. You'd have to say Latino and Latina. He is Latino, uh, not Latina, but he's yes, a Hispanic uh, priest who cooks meals. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? My alarm went off on my phone. Did you yes. hear that? Yes, I did. It's really annoying. It is annoying. Um, so that's called Grace Before Meals. You see what they did there? Yes, I, I see what they, they did there. Um, they have Late Night with the Obamas. Did I show you, did I link you to a clip of this? No, what is it? What is it? it, it, it it's, it it's absolutely amazing. What they've done is they've done some very lazy and tacky CGI animation of Obama and Mr. and Mrs. Obama in bed together mm-hmm. watching the, um, the late night chat talk shows, the Letterman's and the Leno's. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're literally lifting the audio from Letterman and Leno. Mm-hmm whenever they do a joke that's negative about Obama and then just having the CGI characters react to this and that's it lasts about five minutes so stealing audio from other TV channels Uh and then crudely animating the Obamas in their and and the idea is that uh, that um, Barack is this goofy inane idiot who doesn't really understand that he's having the mick taken out of him while Michelle is disgusted with him and rolls over and, and tries to avoid him <laughs> right and it's just frightening and it's the, and the idea that you're meant to be so stupid that you don't know that the late night talk shows they're stealing material from do jokes about the republicans as well why did this channel fail i don't know it's hard to explain isn't it they had a tv chat show called the third jihad right 
it explores the existence of radical Islam in America and the emerging risk that is the this homegrown jihad poses to national security, Western liberties, and the American way of life. Was it presented by Michelle Bachman? Uh, it wasn't, strangely. The, the film, which is narrated by, dev, narrated by devout Muslim American, Dr. M. Zuti Jassa, opens with the following statement. This is not a film about Islam. It's about the threat of radical Islam. Only a small percentage of the world's 1.3 billion Muslims are radical. This is the film about them. Well, I disagree about that. I think a lot, much, much more than a small percentage is radical. I don't know. So Thank there you go, there you go. That The right network's too left-wing for me. That's know. the problem. I was going to say, certainly more than a small percentage of Christians are radicals. You would assume the same would be true of Islam. Well, of course. Yes, there we are. I, I kind of, in a perverse way, would have wanted to have watched this network a bit just to see, to be amused by it, but it's gone now. Well, the really sad thing is, yes, all their video clips from the most recent episodes, because all their programs seem to be about eight minutes long. Hmm. But none of the clips are working. They just endlessly load, which is a real shame. I assume Kelsey Grummer merely took the shilling and didn't actually have a program on the network. He did. Um, these are still online, actually. You can still see these. He did these revenge spots where he'd stand in front of a red curtain as if he were a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And he would diss anyone who had anyone vaguely famous who had said something negative about the right network. Right. In vaguely threatening ways. Yeah, I saw that, but I wondered, did he actually do anything else? I don't think so. No. But uh, he did recently um, announce on a, I think it was Letterman or Leno, I forget which, he said the reason he didn't get an Emmy nomination for uh, for Boss is because uh, they're all a bunch of left-wing Nazis who hate him him because he's right-wing. Yes. Fair enough. So yeah, that was, was, he's he's a delicate and delightful man. Yeah. It does surprise me. I mean, is his co-star in Thingy-Mabub also of like mind? In Boss? No, what, was, what did he star in? Oh, um, David Hyde Pierce. Yes. Is he I also right wing? It doesn't seem like he should be, does it? No, but then again, you would have thought Kelsey Grammer were. Isn't he gay? No, I don't think he is. I just think he's meant to be. <laughs> he just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. I'm just looking, up, looking him up on uh, Wikipedia. He directed Gilbert and Sullivan's Society Operetta of uh, Princess Ida. He's got to be gay, surely. <laughs> personal life. Click. They don't have a personal life. Oh, no, here we go. After years of media speculation about his sexuality, Piers came out as gay, being gay in 2007. There you go. Oh, right, there we go. And later confirmed this through his publicist that he and television writer, director and producer Brian Hargrove were a couple. Fair enough. When accepting his Tony Award for curtains... See, it's got a Tony Award. That's just guaranteed. Mm. Uh, Piers thanked my partner, Brian, because it's 24 years of listening to your damn notes. That's why I'm up here tonight. They married in California in October 24th, 2008, just days before Proposition 8 was adopted as law banning same-sex marriages in the state. <laughs> on May 28th, 2009, he was a guest on The View. He publicly announced his marriage to Hargrove, expressing his anger over the approval of Proposition 8. Mm. Piers and Hargrove divide their time between New York and Los Angeles. But does that mean that he is now considered married, or he isn't, after Proposition 8? Did that I'm not sure whether it revoked marriages or not. Yeah. Um, he works with the Alzheimer's Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's appeared in te- Washington D.C. to testify in support of expanding funding for the treatment. He works for what? He what association? Alzheimer's. Uh-huh. But how funny that you should have forgotten already. What association? And he told MSNBC in 2011, "It is up to us to all is of he us." Gay? To the... <laughs> You're hilarious. But it doesn't say whether he's Democrat or Republican. Well, Jonathan, come along now. He's. A gay operetta director. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. But I think there's out. very little the only, doubt. The only thing that means the only thing that suggests he's not a Republican is the fact that he's out. There is, yeah, there there is very very little doubt that he is a Democrat. If he were a Republican, he would have been lynched <laughs> by his own party. Gosh, he's looking old now. He's fifty three, but he looks he looks old. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you've had to stay in the closet for so long. He looks increasingly like Kelsey Grammer, quite disturbingly. Oh dear. And a lot less like Niles. I suppose Kelsey Grammer, in a way, must really not have gotten on with him then. I don't know. I saw a fantastic um, bit of... He did some stand-up at the Montreal Just for Last Festival. It might have been about ten years ago now, a long time ago. He kind of did it in character as Niles, but Mm. he was still... He was so funny. He was absolutely superb in a way that you just can't imagine Kelsey Grammer being able to pull off. No. Oh, well. Well, we've done our time, Nick. We've gone over our time. We've gone over our time. Shall we apologise to everybody? For... Yeah. Should we apologise for your hating all disabled people? Or yep. for outing David Hyde Pierce? Outing David Hyde Pierce. Okay, we're very sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, and I shall try better next time. Good. Splendid. Okay. Uh, bye-bye, everybody. And next time in Jerusalem, uh, or Bath, depending on, on which... And we can say goodbye to this awful Skype. Lovely. I'm clicking stop now, Joel. Me too. Bye. Bye.